Our scripture this morning comes from Ephesians chapter 3, verses 1 to 13. For this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner for Christ Jesus on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you, how the mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I have written briefly. When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things, so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you, which is your glory. This is the word of the Lord. Well, <clears throat> I must say that in all the uh, years that I've been privileged to be pastor here, I don't think that I have ever heard you sing quite like that. Just absolutely beautiful this morning to hear you sing these uh, words, um, great are you Lord. I, I just had a glimpse of heaven and what it will be like when we, with all the saints from all the years of uh, the church get together and sing like that, how good it is going to be. Uh, as many of you know, I grew up without television, and most of us in the room, hard to imagine, for uh, many younger folks grew up without cell phones, uh, but, uh, uh, or video games and those kinds of things, but I grew up without television, and so I read a lot. Um, we uh, did not, we lived uh, back in the country in Tennessee, and when we moved over here, we still didn't have all of the things that uh, people, uh, I guess, have these days. And so uh, I was turned on rather quickly to the Hardy Boys. Uh, I don't know how many of you have ever read a Hardy Boys or Nancy Drew. Anybody? Yes, we all just uh, gave her age at that point. Um, and uh, so, so read uh, the Hardy Boys uh, mysteries. And so Hardy Boys books um, are centered around two guys. Their names uh, were Frank and Joe. And Frank and Joe had a dad who was a detective, um, but, but their dad couldn't always solve everything. And so Frank and Joe, these high school kids who seemed to care too little for school and a whole lot for figuring out things, would get into their dad's cases every now and then and start to dig in and, and try to solve them. 
inevitably they got in trouble. Uh, they would be in an awful place in trouble trying to figure out the mystery, the, uh, the mystery that they wanted to unfold. Uh, they get in trouble. And the worst thing, I, I know uh, cliffhangers now are movies and, and you can't wait for it to end. But the worst thing in reading a Hardy Boys book is bedtime and they're in a cave caught somewhere. And you're like, I can't go to bed. They're, they're in bad shape. And so every single time, though, don't know why it was always new all over again, but every single time, if you read the last uh, two or three pages, they were home with mom and dad, sound, safe, life was good. And so the, the whole thing is figuring out this mystery that is at the beginning. Uh, our lives are, are not... Uh, really so mysterious anymore. You say, what do you mean? Well, there's a little thing called Google, and you just don't have to wonder about anything now. If you want to know it, just ask your phone, and it, your phone will tell you the answer to anything. Adrian is our resident Google researcher on our staff. If we're just sitting around talking and saying, I wonder, within 30 seconds, Adrian knows, and he'll tell us. Here it is. Here is the answer. Yet there is in this text a mystery that Paul talks about that is no longer a mystery. It's like reading the last three pages in a Hardy Boys book. But even bigger than that is the reality that most of us never have ever thought this was mysterious. So the burden of communication this morning for all of us in this room is for me to help you to see the gravity, the significant nature of what Paul says was unbelievably important. It just doesn't seem very important to us. And so hopefully that's my task as a communicator, and I know that, uh, from this, we discover this agent called grace. Paul says that everything that happened to him in this mystery happened by the grace of God. And then there is something that you were just a part of that you had no idea. And there were people watching you that you didn't know were watching. That's right. There, you had an audience just now that you had no idea that you had as an audience. And so that's the mystery that still exists. You say, okay, if I'm being watched, I, I could believe that these days because cameras are everywhere. So who was watching? What is the mystery and how will it unfold? Number one, God gave Paul the grace to know. This is what he says in Ephesians 3. For this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner for Christ Jesus on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given for me, uh, to me, for you, 
how the mystery was made known to me by revelation as I have written briefly. Paul knew something that people before him did not know. And he said, God gave me the grace to know. I would not have known what I knew unless God in his grace had not given me that grace to know. Psalm 25, 14 is key here. What does Psalm 25, 14 say? The friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him, and he makes known to them his covenant. Paul, by the Damascus Road conversion experience, came to fear the Lord. And in that, God revealed to him some things he did not know before. As a matter of fact, they were not revealed in that way to other apostles until Paul. And then when they were revealed to Paul, it was like opening the floodgates. Well, what is this mystery that was revealed to Paul? The mystery revealed to him was that up until the time of Jesus, and even during the life of Jesus, Jesus primarily ministered to, preached to Jews. The gospel that came later came not to just to Jews. It came to Gentiles. So who did it go to? All of the Old Testament was primarily given for Israel. It was given for the Jews, this one group of people. How many of them in the world's population in Paul's day, how many of them would be Israelites? 3%. Up until Paul's day, God's work is primarily among 3% of the world's population. 3%, give or take, as the population early on was more uh, uh, weighed, it would have been different. But in Jesus' day, about 3%, it's all estimates, those are the ones who get the good news. What happens, verse 6, this mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. If you could jump into the Greek, you would see that fellow goes in front of heirs, fellow members, and fellow participants. The mystery is that non-Jews, meaning everybody in the room, I presume, non-Jews get to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. This that had been written to in the Old Testament, ordained for in the Old Testament, the Israelites is now written to and given to you. Here's the difficulty. You're like, so? Why? You've never known a time in your life 
when you didn't hear the news. Almost every one of you grew up where you could see dozens of churches. Some of you drove 20, 30 miles to get here today, and you passed all kinds of churches with different steeples and different buildings. And in those churches today, they will be talking, hopefully, about Jesus. And they will be telling this good news. But the silence that you just experienced is the silence that existed for years Maybe we could picture it this way. If Paul gave, if God gave Paul the grace to know, then he's also given you the grace to know. Why is it that you live where you live? Know what you know. Hear what you hear. Right, so you say, what do you mean? I want to ask everybody in this section, would you stand? Everybody in this section. Right? Everybody in the back section, would you stand? This section, would you stand? Back section. Everybody seated, look around. These people represent, standing, all the people in the world who have yet to hear the gospel. There is no preacher where you live. There is no Christian radio. There are no Bibles. No one comes to you with good news. You, unlike all these who get everything they hear, the church hasn't made it to you yet. Like the first song we sang, you, you see God in creation. Yet you hear no special revelation like a sermon today. Unlike all of you who are in earshot of multiple churches. You can be seated now. God gave Paul the grace to know that Jesus Christ came. Not just for Israel, but for the world. He came for, for the world, for Africa. He came for, for South America. He came for India. God gave Paul the grace to know that he ought to get in a boat and leave out from Antioch in Acts chapter 13 and trek over into Asia Minor and 
go to Thessalonica and plant a church and go to Corinth and plant a church and go to Ephesus and plant a church and to Philippi and plant a church and go to these places and everywhere, every one of them he went, Everywhere. Synagogues were everywhere. The Jews had been scattered. Synagogues were everywhere. It was Paul's first place. He'd go into this synagogue, this Jewish center where they went to school, where they went to worship, where they went for community meetings. And he would stand up and he would tell them what they had not yet heard, that Jesus Christ came as the Messiah to save them from their sins. And inevitably, they got angry and they would try to stop. And run him out. And when they would do that, what would he do? Paul would just go find himself some Gentiles. He'd start preaching the gospel to the Gentiles. And these Gentiles would go, what? I mean, me, pagan me, sinner me. I can know Christ like this. I can have this life. And they come to faith in Christ. The churches would get started. And Paul is sitting in prison writing this letter. And when he's sitting in prison writing this letter, the very reason what he says right here, I'm in chains because of the Gentiles. You say, I've never made this connection. If you could draw a line all the way back through church history, the reason you can sit in this room this morning and hear the gospel is because God gave Paul the grace to know. Wow. Number two, God gave Paul the grace to go. Verse 7, of this gospel I was made a minister according to the gift of God's what, class? Oh, gosh. All right, so let me see if we're awake. All right, so one time I was teaching at Montreat. My students, were they were like dead to the world. No lie. I made them stand while I taught. I did. I said, if I'm going to stand up and teach, you're going to stand up and take notes. There they are, notebooks in hand, standing just to keep them alert. So let's, maybe they need to stand because you guys are well aware over here. All right, so one more, one more time. Let's do this. Uh, of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's what? Grace. There you, oh, there you go. Yes, you're like, if he's going to make me stand, I'll talk. All right, we've got a lot of school teachers in the room. They know what I just did. All right, so he was made... A minister. Now, how did Paul view this? Look at verse 8. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Paul says, I'm the least. We look back on him in history and go, most remarkable missionary ever to live and to travel. But Paul said, I'm the least. As a matter of fact, he puts the very least, which if we had the word, it would be leaster. I'm the leaster. I'm the leastest. The less of the least. You may not know that Paul's name is Latin for little or small. Paul just viewed himself as so insignificant to have such a significant message. Could I say this as a check on me and every pastor who is in the room or every pastor who may be watching uh, uh, by Facebook Live this morning that uh, this is a check on us. John's words need to ring through pastors' minds and hearts today. He must increase. I must what? Decrease. 
I'm afraid the church has degenerated into a cult of personality. We like to like people a lot. We like to worship people. It's just everywhere in our culture. It's interesting if you're watching the NBA playoffs, the Warriors winning without KD. That's the story. How do the Warriors win without KD? We were talking about that, a few of us, this week. And the talk that KD may leave, right? He may leave Golden State, though, though they'll get ringed year after year after year, presumably, if he's there. Why would he leave? Because now, if you're in the NBA, it isn't enough to win. You want to go and dominate a city. You want to be the king of the city. You want to be the king of the throne in that city. Now that's what we're going for, right? And so LeBron is going to go to L.A. and he's going to own L.A. And so somebody else goes to New York and they're going to own New York, right? That's, that's the way it is. And sadly in church, it's that way too. It's that way too. I was pleased this morning and last night to receive a text last night from one local pastor, please pray for us, and from another local pastor this morning, please pray for us. Please hear me. They, these churches, are not our competition, amen? amen. We're on the same team, doing the same work preaching the same gospel of the same Jesus who died and who resurrected and who's coming again for every single follower of him, be they Methodist, be they Presbyterian, be they Episcopal, be they Baptist, be they free will Baptist, if they are born again, we all will be in heaven together. That is the church, and that thrills me. It thrills me. He must increase, Paul, uh, John said. Uh, I must decrease. Paul saw himself as a little man with a big job. I'm a little man. I, I, I'm the, the less of the least. John Stott says, once we are sure that the gospel is both truth from God and riches for mankind, nobody will be able to silence us. Paul, uh, God gave Paul the grace to to know and God gave Paul the grace to go. Next Sunday, we will commission people who are leaving us uh, for the summer. We'll commission people who are staying here and serving for the summer. People who are going in McDowell County and people who are going around the country. Five weeks from now, 20. Some of our students and leaders will not be here. They'll be in New York City sharing the gospel. In July, another crew will leave for Ecuador. This month, a crew's headed out to the eastern part of the state to work on homes for people. Paul, God gave Paul the grace to go, and he'll give you the grace to go too. The first international uh, trip I went on was to Honduras. Went down and 
and privileged by the grace of God to speak Spanish fluently. I remember sitting, we were working on pouring a concrete floor without a cement mixer. That'll bless your heart. <laughs> no mixer. We had two oxen that pulled the cart that went up on a big mountain because that's where you found the best sand. Bring it down, and we did it volcano style. Perhaps you've done this. Put it in a round volcano. Put the, the cement in mixed. Pour the water in the middle and start shoveling around and around and around, never allowing the water to escape, but only infiltrate the sand and cement mixture until it's cement. That's what we did. I missed the memo on the kind of boots I should buy. Yeah. By the time I boarded the plane, both feet covered in blisters from concrete. I remember sitting on one side of that church in that beautiful valley of Sulaco and meeting a young man and the Lord just led me to share the gospel with him. I've never forgotten that. The first person I ever led to Christ is here this morning. And that young man is the first person I ever led to Christ outside of the United States. And the reason I cannot forget him is that his name was Mundo, which in Spanish means the world. It just struck me that God, for God so loved Mundo. For God so loved the world, God will give you the grace to go too. You don't have to be a superstar. You, uh, you, you can be the least of the least. And, and God will use you. You don't have to have figured it all out. You don't have to be polished. Uh, you, you don't have to have multiple degrees. You don't have to speak another language. You, there are so many things you don't have to have done because God is so much bigger than everything that you think would be an obstacle in your way of going. Amen? He can overcome that. He's so much bigger than that when he goes before you. But third, God gives us the grace to show. This is the mystery. This is what I'm convinced you missed this morning that we miss most days of the week. And to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. All right, let's pause for a moment. Well, let me read the next. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. All right, so please hear me. The church was not a, uh-oh, the Jews wouldn't listen. Let's start the church idea. No, 
The church was in the eternal purpose of God. He planned you. He planned the church, which he realized that eternal purpose in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, what does the church do today? What do we do? Look at this. So that through the church, the manifold, the multiplied, the many-colored wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. All right. God created twice. The first creation, six days. God created the sun, the moon, the stars, all that we see. The second creation is ongoing. It's the church. It is as glorious and intricate as the first. If you are spellbound when you go to the Grand Canyon, if you travel uh, up to Alaska and you see the glaciers and you see the glory and the beauty, if you go up to the parkway and you see the amazing grandeur of the Blue Ridge Mountains, it is equaled by the creation of the church. How much so? The angels, the authorities in heaven, according to this, watch and go. They're, they're doing that. You say, what do you mean? Let me, let me, just, let me just pick out a, a few. All right? One super obvious one, Lamar Silver. He spent hours this week just to try to get you in and out of the parking lot. He's not in here right now. He's out there in the parking lot. He, he doesn't do it for credit, for glory, for it, no, none of that. He, he loves the Lord. I see Kathy, some others sitting right here. Comfortable medical practice. Why would Kathy just get completely out of her comfort zone a couple times a year and go in, into some some remote places in Ecuador. I see Lynn who does the same thing. Why, why would Lynn leave his medical practice and do the same thing and sit among some really poor people and have this overwhelming sense that I wish I could do more. I, I wish this were enough. Why, why? And the angels are going, you you give 10% of what you earn 
to do God's work here. You take off the top a, a chunk of it and go here, here. Go feed kids here, here. Go send missionaries here, here. Here's, here's my part. And the angels are going, what? God gives us the grace to show him off to his own angels. Yes. That's, that's what he does. When you give, when you serve, when you go, the angels are going, there they, there they go again. Like, like, you know, they've seen us not at our best. There, there are those people, God, there they are. Like, I never thought, like I thought that'd be it, right? Last trip, you know, mission trip, you, you're sleeping in. Quarters are horrible, and you just, it's terrible. And next year, for some reason, you sign up for Punishment 202. <laughs> and the angels are like, what? <laughs> what are they doing? What? Why are they doing this? All right. Here's why. It, Peter says, Concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully, inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. It was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves but you. Peter is saying all those Old Testament prophets were serving us, his audience and us. And the things that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit set, sent from heaven. What does that last line say? Things into which what? Angels long to do what? Oh, why didn't I get in on that, the angels are saying. It, it's the eternal purpose that he would take the, the leaster, the less of the least, and give us the grace to show the greatest of the great. Now, that, that begs the question, is that what you're showing? You see, there's the flip side of this, that the angels may be going, ugh. Right? Ugh. They, they squeeze their time and hold it for themselves. They have no time to serve the church. They take their money and use it frivolously or hoard it tightly. They have no money to give to God's work. Or their talents are simply means of self-glory they do not become a fool for the sake of Christ you say Jerry what do I do so let me say if you're attending grace and you have been 
you, you probably need to take the next step of membership, come to starting point and say, I want to jump into a church with a little C, a local church that's part of the church with the big C, the church all over the world. You need to take that next step. If you're a member of Grace, and God is saying, here's where you are. Just get out of that comfort zone. Get, get over here. I'll give you the grace to show. Like you, you don't have to muster it up. I'll give it to you. Get out of your comfort zone. Are you serving? Or are you only taking? Like, ouch, Jerry, I like this until now. That's okay. If you're watching on Facebook Live and, and you can be here, come here. We have many people who watch on Facebook Live who can't be here. But if you can, we got coffee too and seats. Come here. Join us here. Let's close with this. We'll see it on the screen.